disaster Don't you give up, don't you let away Talking about a forever after Don't you give up, don't allow disaster Yes, I'm talking about forever after, Deb Don't you give up and don't you dare give in, listeners You know, it's definitely Hello, Jack Hey, Deborah. How are you? I'm fantastic. How are you? I'm great, except well, today we're going to be talking about something that's just not so great, and it is precarious, and it's mostly precarious for largely female restaurant workers who earn a sub-minimum wage. That is our topic du jour, and you know, you know that... Restaurant workers. Restaurant workers, 11-some-odd million restaurant workers, the majority of the tipped workers are girls, women, females, and they earn federal law $2.13 an hour. Okay, we think that we talk about minimum wage, we are plaintiffs, employment rights attorneys, and we're always talking about how to, you know, empower ourselves and the people that we represent. And of course, Things such as if we still had a middle class, if we had unions the way we used to, which is democracy in action in the workplace. And by the way, if anyone wants to call in today on this very important topic, give us a shout at 888-874-4888, 874-4888. We'll put your question or comment right on the air. And welcome to the Women's Rights in the Workplace show. Jack Tuckner here, joined by Deborah Orell, Women's Rights in the Workplace advocates speaking to you from the prn.fm studio in new york city and we're pleased we're very pleased you could join us today uh, as we continue to dig deeper into our discussion which has been over the last several weeks regarding violence against women and we'll never fully address this issue if we don't deal with the vast income inequality the vast wealth inequality the economic violence in fact that principally affects women when we're discussing the sub-minimum wage. And again, the vast majority of these women working in the food service industry. Who controls the food service industry? Men. Well, men, but more specifically, the National Restaurant Association, the other NRA. Yeah. And that is an extremely, enormously powerful lobbying group, one, once headed by, do you remember who headed the National Restaurant Association? Oh, didn't he try to run for yes, president? Yes, he did. The laughably empty-headed Republican of color, Herman Cain. Exactly. Who, you know, who, in fact, was the infamous and senseless 999 tax plan, uh, f- you know, fame, you may remember. But um, before we discuss a little more in depth the sub-minimum wage and who it affects and what you can do about it, for yourself or for others. I just want to, you know, lead into some quick little discussion about this upcoming election, right, which is we'll have one more time I think we're on to talk about it, but how important it is. And even if you think it isn't, and most people we know and anyone who's listening to this is probably saying it's the midterm elections, they all suck, whatever, I don't want to come out, who am I voting for anyway, it's all a bunch of nonsense. The stuff you hear on, you know, the mainstream or the, as Fox News calls it, the lamestream media, the corporate media, that basically says the same thing. They're all just, they're all, you know, look at the approval rating of Congress, it's at like 18%, but it matters a whole heck of a lot. And you know how you know it matters? It matters to the Koch brothers, for instance, who are spending upwards of $400 million this election cycle to make a big difference in all those local elections. You know, advertising works, as you well know, Deborah, mm-hmm. right? And so they're, they're spending crazy amounts of money. They're influencing the electorate who, you know, low-information voters that are getting their news from Fox Faux News and from all the misinformation that these significant lobbying groups, many of them, like the, um, you know, the Koch brothers funded the dark money that's coming into these elections, uh, matter a lot. Because how else does someone like Mitch McConnell and his ilk get continuously reelected when he's not serving the interests, obviously, of the populace? He's just serving the very rich in corporations. Now, why this is relevant to this what we want to talk about today, because we all may be at some point in the future, or we're sort of trending that way towards sub-minimum wage, because what is the party platform? You know, the Koch brothers, by the way, in the 1980s, David Koch, one of the brothers, ran on the libertarian ticket. 
and his platform and their platform today, this oligarchic plutocratic platform, is uh, they want to abolish Medicare and Medicaid, right? They want to completely eliminate all federal campaign finance laws as bad as they are now. They want to eliminate all of them. They want to repeal what they call, quote, the fraudulent, bankrupt, and increasingly oppressive Social Security system. That's our money. Our Social Security, right, mm-hmm. probably will be eliminated just when we're ready to cash in, right? Right. And the repeal, the repeal of minimum wage laws and all corporate income tax, this is the platform, and this is what's happening. And if they, if the Senate, if the Republicans take over the Senate, which increasingly looks likely, then you have a Republican-controlled Senate, a Republican-controlled House. As it is, all they do is obstruct, right? You can't get, I mean, they obstructed fair pay. They, mm-hmm. they, 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 um, there has not been one appointment, even even what seemed to be fairly like ministerial, you know, unimportant appointments, ambassadorships, and so forth. are very important, but they have obstructed everything, um, and they filibuster everything. So minimum wage raised from seven twenty five an hour, filibustered by the Republicans, and so they want to go in the opposite direction and repeal the minimum wage laws. They say it is freedom if you can work for four dollars an hour if i say that's what i'm paying and you need a job and you're desperate that's freedom it's your freedom to work for four dollars an hour it's your freedom to sleep under a bridge right that's what these guys really think so it really is precarious out there they want to you know they want to repeal virtually every major piece of legislation that's been signed into law over the past 80 years that has protected the middle class the elderly the children sick and the most vulnerable vulnerable people among us so you have to get out and vote. I don't care. Get out and vote. You know what it really comes down to? If you can't look and whether you should be voting for the Green Party candidate or the Working Families candidate, just vote against every Republican on the ticket, certainly in the federal elections, because it really, really matters. So, you know, ha- having said that, um, the minimum wage, seven twenty-five an hour. Now, we know in the work that we do, and I think anybody with a brain listening knows that it's seven twenty-five an hour is not a living wage. And it's not like people often think, like when we were kids, or it's just the the kids, the high school kids with braces on in the McDonald's or in the you know in the supermarket that are a little spending money. That's cool. The, the the majority of minimum wage workers in this country are adults. The majority are women. Many of them single parents. And again, you can't possibly pay your bills on that wage, which has been that wage has not kept pace with inflation, of course, at all. You know, it's hedge- been that wa- that wage for twenty three years. Well, the twenty uh, the two dollar right. and thirteen cents. Right, twenty three years. That's right. Since nineteen ninety one. Yeah. Two dollars and thirteen cents, which we're going to get back to because it's just so outrageous, and I don't think people really understand this. The um, so uh, hedge fund managers. I just want to contrast this. Hedge fund managers in New York, forty two men in two thousand eleven, each pulled down two billion. That's with a B. Right. This is like I'm not this is not from, uh, you know, uh, Austin Powers, you know, two billion dollars. This is two billion dollars for real. Two billion dollars. You know what that comes to per hour? Did I ever we ever go through this? No. Tell me. It's something like and I didn't do the calculations before this show, but it's something obscene like nine hundred thousand dollars. Yeah, like a million hour. dollars. A million hour. dollars an hour. Right. To get to two billion because most of us like a billion, a million, a trillion. You know, you lose perspective how many zeros there are. But these guys that and they're all men. Of course. Of course. They're paying 10, 12, 13% tax rate is their tax bracket because they've lobbied for it. You make your money from money, the so called carried interest, dividend money. Somehow that's more important that you make your money out of thin air and you well, add no the value. They're the job creators. Right. They're the job creators. Now, of course, we know that that's total BS. And of course, what creates jobs is demand when people, working people, have money to spend. That creates jobs. So it's all just been this whole subterfuge of, you know, Reaganomics and, you know, supply side and trickle down is all bullshit. And again, we know this has been proven time and time again. You don't have to mm-hmm. read Paul Krugman to understand this. It's clearly just a, it's a, it's a, it's a, like they're gaslighting us. So 400 economists agree. Pardon me? 400, right. How many don't agree that aren't on the payroll of, you know, of Roger Ailes or Fox News? Four. None. Well, they're four. Okay, that's a good number. <laughs> so, so you know, you, we really can't live on. And the, the wage should be, of course, it should be raised in New York. By the way, you know, the minimum wage is in New York State. It's eight bucks an hour. Big deal. So we're seventy-five cents an hour over the federal minimum. And of course, it should be raised. People like Bernie Sanders and the Progressive Caucus talk about raising it to at least ten, ten an hour. It's a start. Should be more. Should be like it is in um, Seattle, I believe, right. fifteen dollars an hour. I mean, you could, that, it's, it's still difficult to live. But you know, you're starting getting into some 
reasonable realm. And of course, we could do it so easily if one thing, and how many people know this? I'm telling you, I spoke to a big finance guy recently, didn't know this, that if you're making $109,000 a year, you pay the absolute top Social Security tax into the Social Security system. 109000 right. Top. Big number, too. Yeah. And that's what funds our retirement, which is going to be solvent, by the way, for the next 19 years if you didn't add a penny. But it could be solvent forever if you so, – so if you make 109000 you pay the same amount as the person making $30 million, $10 million, $10 trillion, whatever. $2 billion. Two billion, same amount. All you have to do is raise that cap. It doesn't have to start at one hundred nine; it could start at two hundred fifty thousand. But raise the cap, make it fair. It would be solvent forever. You know, just right. about again the general welfare, the commons. It makes sense. You don't have to be a socialist to realize that this is what makes a civilized world. So that we don't go back eighty years ago when people just died in this ignominious, you know, starving in the street. Where you had no back, back, no backdrop, backstop, right to. Mm-hmm. Anything. You didn't have Medicare, Medicaid, Social Security. So you just, if you didn't have money, and mm-hmm. that's what, again, the money class, the Mitt Romneys, the economic elites and royalists want for all of us. But we have to stand up. It's going to happen if we don't stand up and push back. So anyway, back to that. It's not bad enough that the minimum wage, the federal minimum wage is seven and a quarter an hour. Now let's skip ahead to the sub-minimum wage workers, people who earn $2.13 an hour under federal law. And even and in so called in really progressive places like New York, it's five bucks an hour now. Okay, but but even that didn't raise when New York went up to eight dollars an hour as the actual minimum wage. That restaurant worker minimum wage um, was not raised. Wage violations, wage theft, illegal tip sharing, mm-hmm. illegal docking of pay when customers walk out without paying, constant sexual harassment. This is really the daily plight for eleven million mes- restaurant workers, and many of whom. Are women, so the the um, uh, so this is what we want. In fact, sixty percent of the eleven million workers and tipped workers are women. Are right? women exactly? And, and I don't have this. I'm not actually looking at and this. And what is the percentage of those tipped workers who are sexually harassed either weekly or monthly? You have that number in front of you. Ninety percent. Ninety percent. That's that's a lot. That is. That's high. That ninety percent. That women waitresses. Right. Waitron wait units. <laughs> right. Waitron units. Female wait right. units. Right. Ninety uh, percent say that they are harassed um, either by the coworkers, basically the guys in the kitchen. Right. Their managers. Absolutely. And. The customers. Right. So they get it. It's this tripartite system right. of harassment. And because the customer is always right. Exactly. And the customer, they, mm-hmm. well, they have to suck it up almost literally. But here, what makes it even worse, and by the way, I thought there is gonna, no complaining to the manager about sexual harassment because the customer is right. Exactly. So if they piss off the customer because they said, you know, they exactly. spurned some. You Some know. schmuck who came on exactly. to them. Exactly. So, so although the restaurant industry only employs uh, roughly 7% of American women, th- that sector is responsible for 37%, more than one-third of sexual harassment claims filed with the EEOC. Right. Okay, so it's rampant. It's endemic and pandemic or whatever. It is ex- extremely... Um, it is I a- was really surprised by in that report that the number was so big... Uh, of the harassment, like I hear it all the time, either from, you know, my daughters who work in restaurants or, right. you know, callers to the office about, you know, the guys in the kitchen, how how physical right. they actually are. And it's not just, you know... Um, the like street harassment, you know, right. like the constant, right. you know, walk by me, but the physical, the right. actual right. physical abuse. And it's the classic. It's also not just like as you say. And you that, see managers too, because it is around alcohol. It's late right, at night. Right. You know, there's a lot of that coerciveness that goes on. Right. And then when you add that with the customers, the women are working for tips. I mean, men are working for tips too. 
Right. You know, you got to put up with a lot of crap. Right. Exactly. Well, that first, is degrading. Well, the report that you're talking about, if anyone <laughs> should go look at this, we'll mention this a couple of times. First of all, you know, there was a trending uh, hashtag uh, in the last couple of weeks, um, hashtag not on the menu. And what that was trying to rally support and awareness around this issue of the sub-minimum wage and who pays and what does it mean in our culture that we subsidize all of these and increasingly corporate food chains. It's not just mom and pop places. These are everyone, you know, Darden restaurants and, you know, Red Lobster and Applebee's. They're all owned by, of course, big national corporations. Um, The Restaurant Opportunities Center, ROCUnited.org is the website, ROCUnited.org, released a report entitled The Glass Floor, not the glass ceiling. This is, this is a, the lowest form of gender-based glass-type issues. The glass floor doesn't get lower. Sexual harassment in the restaurant industry was based on extensive interviews with 700 former and current restaurant workers in New York and other major cities, as well as an analysis of census data and stats from the U.S. Labor Department and the EEOC, the Equal Employment Opportunity Commission, which concluded that more than 90% of female restaurant workers, as you just said, Deborah, experienced sexual harassment, with more than half reporting incidents on a weekly basis. So, you know, and, and it, is, it is just the notoriously, as you mentioned your daughters, you know, uh, the notoriously sexist culture of restaurant kitchens that's at fault. And I know I've worked in the restaurant business, as you know, for many years. And while I wasn't, you know, as the male privilege allowed me, except for one incident of same-sex harassment that I remember to this day, um, for the most part, you know, nobody's interested in, in the boys. So you get to sort of, you know, you, you don't have to deal with that negative energy, that unwelcome male you know, unsolicited uh, attention, really. Right. That's the simplest way. The attention on an ongoing basis. Most most people who work as servers in restaurants are women, young-ish women, most. Um, and it's, so it's not just that. It's the economic structure that turns customers into shadow employers, right? Because right. leaving servers, so often women, vulnerable to the whatever, you know, um, predations or predatory activity Anyone picking up the bill might feel entitled to exercise on this young person who's serving them. It showed that women who rely on tips made up the highest share of those who had experienced harassment and that those who lived in states where the tipped minimum was exact $2.13 an hour, the federal minimum for tipped workers, they were twice as likely to experience sexual harassment as Mm -hmm. those who lived in places where a single minimum wage standard applied to all workers. And by the way, do you know where that is? A single minimum wage applying to all workers is in eight states only. Um, and I wrote that down somewhere, and I have it. Those states are, if you're lucky enough, I don't know if I call it luck yet, but if you happen to live in Montana, a good state. What, there's like 500 people live in the whole state. Also a state that is the only state that's not at will employment. I was just going to say. Right. But, go you know, figure. Again, go figure, and it's, again, a beautiful state. We've been there, but um, nobody lives in Montana. Montana, Minnesota, Alaska, go figure. California, Nevada, Oregon, and Washington, the state of Washington, the state of Oregon, you know, legal marijuana and pay an actual minimum wage. Doesn't mean they don't get tips. You still should tip your server. Of course they get tips. And it's still they're only getting a minimum wage. But the idea that you're getting nothing, that you're getting $2.13 an hour, and you're and, the, and these owners, the Herman Cain types, they're out there raking it in, and they say, like Walmart does, this, the richest, second richest, richest family in the nation, that pays its employees minimum wage mostly so that we, the people, have to subsidize subsidize it through food stamps and welfare benefits we're paying so that these yo-yos can rake in that much more of the top there, the 0.01% so that they could keep their money and stash it, you know, in Swiss banks. I mean, it's just, it's so, it's so perverted. It's so out of control and corrupt. So, you know, this, this issue, which is time that we you know, raise this issue because, uh, yeah, we should tip our you know servers. And in New York, it's true that in no, New- but I, you know, that's the question. Why are we even tipping in restaurants? The, you know that that's the whole point. All the mm-hmm. person is doing is delivering food. So why can't the employer pay? 
whatever it is. Right. So you come in right. and instead right. of paying, you know, $12 for your, you know, Olive Garden pasta, whatever it is. Right. You pay 15 Right. Right. That's it. Or right. whatever the, however the calculation works out. Right. There is no tipping. Right. Well, and there's no, why is there tipping? Again, there's no tipping. You don't tip your, you know, I don't know, fill in the blank with something that we don't, you know, this just became the, the and, culture. Yes. And because it's for the employer to not have to pay. And in those um, places, mm-hmm. in those places where the 15% or the 20% is already included, mm-hmm. that's because, and generally the higher-end restaurants, uh, big parties, big groups, you're not only tipping the waiter, and you know most people know it's the busboy and the waiter, the right. assistant manager, the person who seated you. I right. mean, there are a right. number of other right. people mm-hmm. that this waitress generally has to share tips with. Exactly. And trusting that the employer has calculated it accurately, that there weren't too many screw-ups that she's being deducted for people who walk out. Well, listen, we know of, we have a case in this office right now, obviously we can't discuss it in even the defendant, but, you know, a large restaurant chain and a young professional waitress, in fact, someone who had gone to school, wanted to be in the restaurant restaurant business, you know, Mm -hmm. the food food and beverage industry. Um, And she put up with, like, after one place after another, you walk in the door, the manager says, oh, you want to, you know, you want to go from expediter to be waitress? You're going to have to, like, hubba hubba, baby. I mean, such overt, classically quid pro quo sexual harassment like like that industry is so far behind because it's transient and people you know i that's probably the biggest part of it that they come and they go and they're not they're so disempowered that it's and they make so little money that this this culture has just persisted um but i mean just like really outrageous and we also know someone right who works in an upscale restaurant in new york city who doesn't get tips but gets paid like a living wage of 25 dollars an hour mm-hmm. which you can't so in certain restaurants but this is new york city it's like an outlier with certain you know high-end restaurants but the 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 mean throughout the country of what waitresses and waiters earn when you include all their big tips, is $9 an hour. Right. But in some places, they don't make, and many nights, they don't even make the actual minimum wage right. if they're not getting tips. And you know what? And the, the employer's supposed to make it up, and they don't. They don't. And Often that's they why there's so many violations. Exactly. And, and, so many, and so many complaints to the EEOC and so many lawsuits. And they've been starting to be, and organizations like Rock United, um, starting to make a difference. You know, the tip, tip workers occupy the uniquely vulnerable position in, in, the, in the employment landscape because um, not only do they make two thirteen an hour, but they're expected to, you know, they, they, the environment's created which this majority female workforce must please and curry favor, right, with mm-hmm. customers to earn a living. So depending on customers' tips for wages discourages workers who might otherwise stand up for themselves, right, and report unwanted sexual right. behavior. So if the customer says to you, something that you consider outrageous, even including touching you. There was an article, I wish I had had this, it was in the Times just the other day about a woman who, this like, hey, this, like this hedge fund guy grabbed her buttocks, just, just reached over and he, she said, can I get you anything else? And he grabbed her butt and said, yeah, I want some of this. And she wrote an open letter that just went viral and then he made it worse when the New York Post called him and said, I've grabbed lots of asses, but it's just not hers. And they, they posted his picture. And it was really nice the way it focused in on. I'll have to send it to you. I don't remember his name. But about the plight of many women who she's like, I've been doing this for years and I do it for the money and it is mercenary work in a lot of ways. But to put up with my getting my ass grabbed and you know and the reason if you if you complain we're going to talk about what you do if you are a restaurant worker and this happens to you you must complain even if it's a customer the customer it's not just the customer may always be right in terms of in fact there was a a case many years ago and i believe it involved it was either Domino's Pizza or Pizza Hut but it was a waitress who was waiting on a customer the customer was more than inappropriate with her. I think he did was sexual abuse. He grabbed her in addition to come, came on to her in a heavy-handed way. She complained to management. They said, again, something like, what are you going to do? He's gone. The customer's always right. He left the tip. That's your life. He came back in another time. He specifically asked to be play, put in her section. 
she said to the manager, this is the guy. I'm not waiting on him. And they said, hey, we think we're going we're gonna to alienate him. Go wait on him. That's your job. And he did it again. At that point, once you've complained to the owner, the management right. of your company, that you're being sexually harassed by a customer and they keep you in harm's way and they don't you know, protect correct you. it or protect you, they're on the hook. And that is sex harassment. That is illegal discrimination. That is retaliation if you've complained. And that's important that everyone knows this. How do you empower yourself in a workplace? You have to complain. You have to make sure that it's on the record. However that is, if you're in a state where you could tape record, tape record yourself like in New York and New Jersey, where you can have a conversation with your manager and secretly record it so that you've got some notice, you know, you can prove that they knew or send a letter to human resources or to whomever to look up the corporate head of your this restaurant and send them a letter that this is not acceptable. Now, yes, you they won't be happy with you, but you have to make a determined decision. Are you going to go on? Yes, I guess if you're making a couple thousand a week, it's like, you know, the woman I once interviewed back in the day that was working at uh, a very uh, well-known topless place, and I was getting all sort of paternalistic with her and saying, blah, 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 and why are you doing this? And she said to me, I'm telling you why I'm doing this, because I make sick money. I had a you know college degree. I'm going to do it for X number of time, and don't worry about me. I'm not asking you. But that's these are the also outliers. You know, right. Most of the time, if it's you're- It's Olive Garden. Exactly. It's and they're all women. It's exactly. It's Red Fridays, Lobster. Red, it's okay. the local crummy place right. in your neighborhood where you have slow nights, you have slow days. And again, the fact that some- And that asshole that I just mentioned, when she grabbed, you know, you ordered a couple of stoles. She didn't, you know, put out the way he wanted her to. She was, and he left the two dollars on like a forty dollar bill. That's what they you could do. It's like I'm going to stiff my waitress now after she went out of her way, swallowing all my crap, right. you know, and taking all my bulls, my guff. So it really is. Why? Why are we the customers paying and making up for, um, you know, the income that should be paid by these well heeled corporations, right? I mean, right. you know, it's a, so. Um, so, so that's the dynamic that contributes to this, you know, situation where you know it is sexual harassment is normalized. And what the restaurants also do is uh, not allow workers more hours because they don't want to pay overtime. That's right. And then they're not entitled no to benefits. benefits. Exactly. So. Uh, some of these bigger companies will say, yeah, we for our full-time employees, we offer full benefits, except nobody can work above 37 hours. Nobody can, you know, have nobody really gets access to these benefits. Mm-hmm. And if you think about it, um, the average, so we've, um, you just went over saying the majority of tipped um people are women mm-hmm. they're making on average nine dollars an hour mm-hmm. with tips with tips and uh they're working maybe 35 hours a week so 35 times nine is about 300 dollars a week mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. okay mm-hmm. It's, uh, uh, maybe yeah. 310 right okay 35 times nine i calculated right, something like that it's it's just a little bit over, and that's gross. That's gross, right? They have so to, take and then, taxes right. out, and, and they're living, and they're tipping out, as you mentioned first. They're tipping out from that. They exactly. tip the bus boys, etc. Exactly. Buses. So here right. they are working thirty-five right. hours, making no money, right. and then they maybe have to spend five hundred a month on the on their health insurance through the Affordable Care Act if they even bother or can. I mean, it's just it's you know. So, well, no, they're trying to support one or two kids, <laughs> right? Without health insurance, so you know we're in a we're in a situation where we, the people, go out and we all we subsidize, but we also um, we are the ones who contribute to this by all going out. This is you know and and um, frequent in these places. The restaurant industry is growing all the time. So one thing fastest it's somewhat growing. fastest growing. Industry. It's a little bit recession proof. And yet again, the only just like another microcosm of our messed up economic, you know, our world and our culture, only the very top, the corporations that run the place are making any money because even the managers, as we know, in these places are really not making very much money. Um, and so, you know, again, we, the. Uh, well, Which is so that's why the, the, long and the, short of it. the name of you know the, why they named the report the glass ceiling because exactly the glass floor glass floor because it, it all flows down. It flows down. It flows down. Right. 
right. and then it stops down there where the waitresses are on the right. bottom on the floor. And the, the glass whatever ceiling, the little remember, bit of dregs are left. Right. So that's the glass they get. ceiling phenomenon, as it used to be called, right, was that women hit the top. They they hit this glass ceiling and they couldn't go any higher. But here, waitresses forget about the ceiling. They're still toiling and slinging hash on the glass floor. And that really is a travesty. Um, in in a living off tips, it makes this industry, which is already rife with sexual harassment, even more dangerous. And uh, you know that I don't know if I said this. I'm reading from the report now. Women restaurant workers living off tips in states where the subminimum wage for tip workers is two thirteen an hour, which they call the two thirteen states, are twice as likely to experience sexual harassment yeah. as women in states that pay the same minimum wage to all workers. I think I said that. Yes. Tipped women workers in two thirteen states reported that they were three times more likely to be told by management to alter their appearance right. and to wear quote unquote sexier more revealing clothing than they were in states where the same minimum wage was paid to all workers. Conversely, tipped women workers in states that have eliminated the subminimum wage were less likely to experience sexual harassment. Importantly, the subminimum wages impact all workers in the industry, not just tipped workers. All workers in states with a $2.13 subminimum wage, including men and non-tipped workers, reported higher rates of sexual harassment. What does that indicate? That the overall restaurant work environment is at least partially shaped by the subminimum wage system, the, the, the wage inequality itself. I mean, I guess that shouldn't be surprising to us. You know, what just re- I was just thought of, and I wish I had thought of this before to do some research before it, but it just dawned on me. You know, I think I saw one of those shows, um, you know, like where they have the, like a behind the scenes. What's that, you know, where the boss is a worker? Uh, like an undercover? Undercover boss or something okay. like that. I think it was a show like that. And they did Hooters. Right. Or it was. It may not have been the actual Hooters, but it was a, a restaurant like that <laughs> right. where women could right. be making bigger tips, you know, bigger, right. bigger the bigger, boobs, bigger, boobs, bigger, bigger tips, the tips. Showing. Right. But the, the things that this manager had these waitresses do in order to get the good table, the good shifts, right. the good stuff right. was so degrading, disgusting, like making them eat. You know, food, like a dog, like it was disgusting kinds of things. And and there, this was coming from the manager right. making them do this just so that they could work Friday or Saturday night where, you know, that's where the money or Thursday right. night football or whatever right. it's called. Right, exactly. That they degraded these women. Ugh, I wish I could think of yeah. it. Yeah, right. Well, again, we see it in our own practice and sort of the the the, the lower the lower the a person is typically but again we deal mostly with you know working women but the lower the person is on the food chain pun intended here right the less power they have i mean you know when we represent you know women professional class women yes there's still pregnancy discrimination that seems to know no boundaries of you know of economics and class yeah. right but sexual harassment does matter. It does change. If you're a female attorney, chances are these days, it wasn't, of course, always like that. In fact, one of the, uh, well, she wasn't an attorney, but there was a, in 1991, I believe, there was a big law firm, I believe it was Baker and McKenzie, that had a, a case where one of the top partners in the firm was dropping M&Ms, or maybe they were, maybe they were the peanut or almond M&Ms, I think they were bigger, dropping them down his, his associate's shirt and then fishing for them like that was his game with her and this was before the amendments in 1991 before people were really aware of what the civil rights act and sexual harassment was um and you know you would of course always hear stories all of this from from anita hills and the eeoc who was an attorney being asked if that was her pubic hair in the director's coca-cola so clearly times have changed the old sex pit cases where i mean there's still a lot of it men being men but at levels of, let's say, in law firms or even in most places, because there are at least policies, we have made some progress where, you know, sort of deeply degrading, obviously 
uh, misogynistic, sexual, sexist behavior is a little bit less likely to occur if you've got some juice, if you're someone yourself or you work in an art, although we had another, we had an architect to it. I mean, it, it doesn't really change ever because as long as the male has more power, I was just about to say professional, so we represented a female architect. A who, couple. A, a couple, right, who were sexually harassed, right, too, um, because the sexual harasser was their boss, and uh, really doesn't right. matter, and they were young women, so it's true. I, I, I take it yeah, back. Yeah, I, take I it definitely, back. as you were saying, it's like I don't, <laughs> right, right. I don't see that. Right. So what do we need to know here? So, so here's the thing. First of all, you could look up your state. If you go to, the, to, to www.dol.gov slash whd slash state slash tipped dot hdm, again, that's www-dol.gov slash WHD slash state slash tipped. You don't need to go through all. You could just go to the United States Department of Labor, the Wage and Hour Division. If you put in tipped workers, even you'll get there. Um, but they have a wonderful infographic and, and chart which shows what the minimum wage is in your state, what the minimum wage is for uh, restaurant workers. And again, this is where I found the eight states that actually are a little more civilized and don't have these uh, you know, sort of indentured servant type wages for a separate class of individuals. You know, it's like the class of financial services guys gave themselves this, you know, what? our work is special. Let's pay 12% federal income tax, even though we're in the 40% tax bracket, because we're so cool. And then let's make the you know, the girls who are serving our food, they have to like, you know, they have to wear a little bunny outfit and shake their booty for us. And mm-hmm. let's pay them a couple dollars an hour because they'll have to rely on our beneficence and, you know, graciousness and generosity if they make me happy and I want to like throw well, her a couple according bucks. to David Koch, that's their choice to work for $2 exactly. an exactly. hour. Exactly. Isn't that, isn't that well said? Exactly. All a bunch of of BS, of course. And we're, our choice is to work, to either sleep under that bridge or to work for $2 an hour or $4 an hour or $0.50 cents an hour or have 12-year-olds working because they want to do away with all the child protection laws as well. I guess that's freedom in this kind of, I mean, they believe this stuff. All I can tell you, it's, it is it is psycho- sociopathic. It certainly is, you know, selfish. But more importantly, it's it's like, why would the Cokes, I still don't know, when you think about even everything they stand for, even in terms of, you know, infrastructure development or renewable energy, because they are the non-renewable energy titans, why would they want to be rich men in a poor country? You know, they only have so much left in that. Why you know, would they want to be? You know, that's the whole point of uh, job creation comes from if you don't pay people enough, they can't buy your shit. Right, right, which is what they Henry Ford did. They can't pay for did, these services, the exactly. And while I understand that it's not that he was a great man, because I believe he did it for reasons that were, you know, that were, he had ulterior motives. But the idea of saying when, you know, Chrysler was paying, you know, whatever it was, a dollar a day to workers in the 20s. And he said, I'm going to pay $5 a day because I want my employees to be able to buy my cars. Right. The self-interest, not only did he, of course, have them lining up to work for in his plants, but then they did buy his cars. And Ford did take, you know, and other people. Right. So, you know, the idea of, like it was back in the day before this counter-cultural, counter-corporate revolution that started with Reagan and has really been, you know, this 30-some-odd years of deregulation to the point where, you know, everything is turned on its head. The corporate media, you know, we used to have 5,500 radio stations. Now we have six, and they all have the same boards of directors. It's just very difficult. That's why, you know, even on CNBC, is it, no, W, no, MSNBC, right? That's, uh, mm-hmm. that's Rachel Maddow. Yeah. Here, this liberal network that's owned by... NBC, which right. is owned by what Comcast or whichever they, they they even they don't they have to steer clear of certain things like can't like contributions. This whole Citizens United debacle, which created the four hundred million dollars that lets the Koch brothers and Shelley Adelson spend this kind of money now. NBC wants that revenue too. They're all TV right. commercials, exactly. So we should of course have publicly funded elections so people that actually care about us can get into office. So hopefully Bernie Sanders, hopefully Elizabeth Warren, maybe they'll get some traction, but we the people still have to, he's not going to be able to do anything unless there's a groundswell because someone like Bernie Sanders who wants to change everything. I mean, I would be so celebratory. I would take off, I would go door to door for Bernie Sanders. Not, and again, I, I've said I think on the I show before. I want to Vermont I Bernie. still want to go to Vermont. You know, you know, the, you know, you may know this because you spent yeah. a lot of time in Vermont. Do you know that there's all of five, six 600,000 people in the whole freaking state? Yeah. I mean, more than, well, less, there's so than much Montana. snow 
in mountains. You, there's know, not a lot of places awesome. to live. It's, it's, you know, I know. They, and they have single-payer health care. I know. Medicare for all. I know. Right? It's a great place. You know, I started my bar thing, but I just never finished it. It's so cold, and we're probably getting too old to like live there. Yeah. You know, right? No. Well, maybe. But something to think about. So, um, also, First yeah. First date for uh, gay marriage, too. Vermont. Vermont. Well, it's got... And so environmental that when they put in their highway, which is like Route 80-something or other, like this main highway, right. they even had groups protesting that they you could they would not allow the the state highway construction to remove the boulders you know normally they like to go in and just you know clear the land the vermont conservationists uh-huh. not conservatives but the conservationists right, yeah, insisted that the boulders stay on the highway so that when you drive the highways there are still the original rocks and right. so right. the highway had to fit in between all right. of these boulders right. right they're crazy in right. some ways right. but well i thought that was pretty cool I, I think it's a very cool state and he is a very very cool man and you know what bernie sanders again people even know visit his website i think it's sanders.senate.gov um great news site it's a it's a it's a you could sign up for the bernie buzz you really it's amazing yeah. stuff and um and he's never taken a dime of course i mean it's lucky he hasn't had to just because he's in vermont um but he's he's the real deal and i would vote for him and he won uh, with, I think it was 70, I want to say 79%, yeah. but it was it was something outrageously in the 70-something percentile. Right. with no ads. With no ads, and he would have actually gotten a higher percentage, except they had a couple of potheads running against him, <laughs> okay. so they took like 2% of the <laughs> vote, and he, or he would have right, yeah, you know, not, gotten to yeah, the 80%. Yeah, he's actually not for marijuana <laughs> legalization. That's his one thing. And he's that's got, why right, he lost those that's interesting. 2%. That's true. He's not yeah. Interesting. But aside from pot, I mean... But anyway, you know what we should... I yeah, don't please. need to cut no, you off, please. but uh, aren't we coming up here on some time? So let's also address, so for people who are or who might or mm-hmm. have children or mm-hmm. friends who are experiencing any sort of harassment in their workplace, particularly restaurants, right. what do they do? Well, first of all, it's a good question. So just back to the subminimum wage, we'll talk about that. If, you're, if they're stealing your, you know, it, it's illegal, for instance, in New York yeah. to sh- for have management share your tips when they say, hey, you know, where's my taste? It's illegal. And it's illegal... Probably in your state, too. And all of this is available now online. You can look this up again on the U.S. Department of Labor site and your own state's Department of Labor um, site. So make sure that you're being paid the absolute, the minimum wage. And if you're getting two thirteen an hour or four ninety an hour as the waiter, waitress minimum wage, that your restaurant is ensuring that, you're, that they're making up for the differential to get you to the actual minimum wage in your state, New York, $8 an hour. And that's important. And your tips are not to be shared with management. In terms of sex harassment, whether it is your customer or your manager or the knuckleheads in the kitchen, you know, saying what up every time you come in and calling you shorty and whatever, all this stuff that we hear all the time, it is illegal. They are degrading the terms and the conditions of your employment based on your sex, based on your gender. Obviously, they're objectifying you. They are sexualizing you. The law says that the fact that you're a female doesn't mean that that gets to come into play. You can use it yourself if you want to with your customers, and you could be as sexy as you want. But it has to be consensual, right? Putting up with, you know, putting up with um, when, when, when many women just simply tolerate, which they do to make a living, right. sex harassment, that's not consent. And I'm sure all of the time, if you're working for a living, you're not going when you're in work, you say, yes, I really want to play with you. There may be a certain amount of flirtation, and you decide this. If, you're, if there's a flirtation going on with someone in your workplace that's consensual, you want to do it too. You're playing at somebody cute or whatever, whatever the sex, whatever the – and you accept it and, and are absolutely involved in that, knock yourself out. But if it's not, which it almost never is, if you're experiencing what is – 
known as unwelcome, the unwelcome sexual advances, unwelcome solicitations, unwelcome asking you out, um, certainly touching, which not only goes from a civil wrong, sexual harassment is a civil violation of our civil laws, but sexual abuse in every state and every criminal law is the per, you touch me in an intimate manner without my permission, even if it's nothing more than you put your nasty lips on my cheek to give me a quote-unquote kiss, which we're not calling a kiss if I didn't ask you for it, and your lips and your saliva are on my cheek, or you touch my you know, shoulder or my thigh or my or very lightly touch my rear end, which seems to happen at the service bars frequently. Yeah. That is illegal. It is and again I started to say if they're touching you, it's a crime. It's Criminal. a misdemeanor. Right. It's punishable up to a year you in jail. Call the police. You can call the police and you call the police right away. Now again, you're balancing this off against people that say you know, the balancing which is difficult in our world of you're not running screaming, you know, into the manager probably because some women say, of course, including people we know, I don't really, you know, it's difficult because I like my job or I need my job even more important. I have more to pay my bills. I have I, to yeah. pay, and that's the problem with it. So you have to decide, can you work this out? Is it someone who, if you say, hey, you know, kiss your mother with that mouth, uh, you know, asshole, or someone that you can sit down with and just if you can figure it out and you know some women have said to us all these years I've been doing this work I've developed a thick skin in fact part of the problem is with with women with sexual harassment in the so endemic in the restaurant industry is many young women start their careers with a job as a waitress or a hostess or right. a bar you know and they're 20 years old and their first experience working in the world is with like this hubba hubba baby milieu right where men for, they, they, they're used to that it's like especially when they're so young and attractive and they're so bright faced and fresh faced and, and all of a sudden they're getting like you know all of that come on stuff where it's like they're being sexualized at such an early age and it's so bad that you know, say I did it through my undergraduate years, I made money I was able to deal with it, but then when they get into the world and they're 30 and they get another job and they're sexually harassed, they don't report it, they don't even register it because they were so accustomed to, well when I started Inured. my career well, pardon me? Inured. Right, because they had, they're so callous to that, right? Because right. they've had it so much worse in the past and that's no way for young women to start a career um but but if it gets to the point, and often it, and I again, we come from the frame, Deborah and I, that if it really is something that you say, you know what, enough, I can't, you know, you talk to your significant others, you're saying this is totally stressing me out. I there are other, especially it's waitress job, okay. I and I have to, and I want to make a difference, and I want to be able to say that. Um, the next woman who takes my place, even if I have to leave here, won't ha- have to deal with this because I stood up for myself, even if it's just my attempt at some karmic justice. I just want to – I'm not going to put up with this every night where I come in. My hair's falling out, and we've had – and I've had yeah. that. That's an astre- a stress response. Women saying, you know what? You do this enough. It's like cortisol. My hair's falling out and uh, from stress because I have no control over my environment. Every day I come in, I, take, you know, I get all dressed up and try to look nice for work. And it's being used against me as like, you're doing this for me. And I get to my manager all day long is undressing me with his eyes and doing whatever and expecting me, even if it's just verbal, to play with him. And I don't want to play. If you don't want to play, if you're being sexually harassed by a customer, by your manager, by your bartender, by the idiots in the kitchen, the sous chef, the dishwasher, it doesn't matter. And you've had enough. You complain. Don't complain hysterically the first time. Complain in an appropriate way, in an appropriate commensurate measure so if it's you know the first time or the second time where you're feeling you know what i really don't want to be you know my my manager has asked me out now three times i've respectfully declined and now i believe he's actually kind of taken it out on me he i didn't get i'm not on the schedule i've got a crummy shift had, yeah, exactly right I haven't all had these the things i haven't had my the weekends or he's just he's torturing me because that's what people do that's what guys do oh you're not gonna you're not gonna play with me you make me feel spurned Okay, put this in your pipe and smoke it, babe. And then if that point already you're experiencing some degradation to the to your pay, which your remunerative package, you need to complain. That complaint should be provable, meaning you don't want to waste it at the water cooler or by the espresso machine with the assistant manager who runs and breaks his neck to tell the other manager, the general manager, who tells the owner, and the next thing you know, the next day you're fired for giving out, you know, a Coke instead of a water and not charging the customer some nonsense, right, a pretext. So what you need to do is before you give them the chance to fire you, and they could fire you at the drop of a hat and no one will blink, 
and then you don't want to complain. If you're fired and then you go to a lawyer, if you're fired and then you go to the EEOC and you say I was sexually harassed, the EEOC is going to say, you know what, you're a dollar short and a day late, sister, because they're going to say they fired you for telling a customer to go screw herself or something, right? And you're going to say, oh, but no, the real reason is I complained of sex harassment. And they're going to say, no habla and glace, you know, we don't even, you didn't complain about anything and you have no record of it. And so you're, then you're dead in the water because it looks like you're the one with sour grapes. You're the one who's disgruntled. You're the one who's saying, oh, I was fired. Let me, let me show you what it's going to be like to be accused of sex harassment. So what you need to do is before that there's any so-called adverse employment action, before there's a demotion, before you're written up, before you're fired, put it on the record. It could again be you know, a, a, a relatively pleasant missive, an email, if there is email, you know, we always tell people if you happen to be, if you're, if you're a server, a food server, waitress. Well, in restaurants, it's a lot of text. There's a lot of texting. And texting isn't our favorite way. No, but. But it's so, I mean, you could do it these days. It's becoming more and more legit, I believe. You know, you could save your texts. I believe you could print out your texts and email your texts yeah, later. Yeah, we get them all the time. Okay, it's a little ephemeral for my taste, but, you know, it might be the way to do it, a text, because the formal letter that you're FedExing is a little bit much maybe in a restaurant. As long as you could put in writing. So if you can, I mean, you may need to. I don't know who whose cell phone you have. If you have the general manager's cell phone or the owner's cell phone, as people do these days, and you te- don't do a text in text, text serve, whatever that's called, with, you know... Uh, what I don't know what the LOLs the LOLs and the you know you you letter you I you mean are. don't don't be right you are for your um, write a somewhat formal two note. sentences three so sentences I'm being, I be I'm, I feel I'm being treated differently I'm being discriminated against I'm being sexually harassed by my manager and I'm very upset about it and please talk to me at your earliest convenience to discuss these serious workplace issues Period. thank you very much Angela. Right. And that text is already your paper trail. That's very important because if you're fired the next night and you call us, you call your local employment lawyer, you, you, and you say, you know, I complained about sex harassment yesterday and today I was fired, that's your case. That you have a case. Do I want you to have a case instead of a job? No, I want you to have your job if it's a good job. But how are we going to teach men? How do we teach these corporations that are so arrogant and imperious? How do we teach them and impervious to even laws and mores? None of them would want their daughters to go through this, but it doesn't matter when they're not, when they just, oh, my daughter wouldn't work here. My daughter's not, you know. Well, you know, it's nonsense. And so we have to teach them by, sometimes it comes from the pocketbook. It comes from when they go to their very expensive lawyers and they say, yet another lawsuit. Well, just like the one we have now against this big chain of restaurants, you know what? Maybe you'll start training these schmucks. Maybe you'll actually before you... Well, it it will change when the accountability changes. Instead of blaming the victim, instead of blaming the woman because she dressed like this, because she acted like this, because she looks like this, because she put herself there, she shouldn't have been working at 3 o'clock in the morning. Instead of saying and blaming her, all of that... And we start to ask the question, what gives him the right? What about asking him, why are you treating women this way? Right. What gives you the right to right. speak this way, act this way, behave this way, do these right. things? And, and, so, and, hold, and change the accountability. Exactly. But, but how does that, but, you know, that's a, that's a, that's a big order, right? And that is kind of a heavy lift. But right? it happens one at a exactly. time. Exactly. And what we what is still not happening, and again back to the case we currently have, current right now, twenty three year old, you know, this is a manager who's been accused of this a number of times, right? And so here in a restaurant in you know very highly frequented restaurant, a corporate chain in Brooklyn, New York, this young waitress, whatever they call them these days. Um, is sexually harassed. How is she sexually harassed? In addition to the verbal, she is sexually abused, as I mentioned, at the service bar in the dimly lit room where he comes up behind her and puts his, um, you know, his groin up against her backside. uh, And she says he had, you know, an erection. And he says he whispered in her ear and he touched her ear with his mouth. The company, she complained. What do they do? And this is a company that's following, following policy. That they're, they think they're doing the right thing. They try to do the so-called right thing. So what do they do? First, they look at the video. There's a video. There's a video. They look at a video. And here he is right behind her, right behind her, very close. But they can't tell in the video 
if he's actually up against her, obviously. They can't tell if he's nibbling on her ear. So he denies it, but she complained. Nobody's saying she's, she was otherwise a great worker for two years. She's complaining. They have every reason to believe that, it's, that it happened. Plus, she had other incidents previously with this person. And what do they do? They say, okay, where do you want to – so if you don't want to work with him anymore. We understand that. So we have other restaurants. Where would you like to go? And in that moment of – while she was struggling with this, well, you know, she actually chose another restaurant that ended up being slower and she was making much less money. But at, to your point, this – Why did this, they get rid of him? He's still working there. He's still right, working. Right, Nothing right. has changed in this person's life. Right. Exactly. And what happens to her for complaining? Right. And that's and she why. she was fired, ultimately. Ultima- right. Exactly. Right. So that's why it's one complaint at a time. Exactly. And this is what, you know, what I, what we say to people who call the office all the time. You know, it does take a certain amount of courage a to stand yeah. up. Exactly. And it takes a certain amount of inner resources right. to to come forward, to right, step up. Right. But, you know, you don't have to be a Rosa Parks or Lily Ledbetter to do this all the time because one of the things that, you know, if you say, well, why would I do that when there's 10 women who want my job, there are no jobs out there, I don't want to work at McDonald's, you know, there, there, there's a disappearing middle class, you know, if I have a job where I make $350 a week and no benefits, how am I going to be independent, et cetera, et cetera. And we understand that. But if you complain, the, the notion is, and this is empowering, and maybe you can't always think about everything that's going to happen in terms of your ability to pay your bills way down the line. When you complain, United States law, and likely in your state law, because just every state that I'm aware of has its own uh, you know, so-called human rights law, discrimin- anti-discrimination statute, the laws say once you complain of discriminatory treatment, be it discrimination based on your sex, discrimination based on your religion, your age, your disability, your race, your color, your alienage, your ethnicity. Thank you. There's um, all of those uh, are protected activities, protected complaints under their civil rights complaints. Don't under value this. It's, you know, you believe me, your company won't. When you suddenly put in that text, that email, that FedEx letter, that verbal complaint that you've tape recorded so you have proof of it, and you say, this isn't right, and you could say it in your most honest, you know, even you could be upset about it and say, I'm, this is not, I feel betrayed, I feel, I feel um, violated, however, whatever your feelings are, but I don't think I should come to work. I work very hard for my money, and I serve this institution well. I serve this restaurant well. I think that I shouldn't have to be treated like a someone who has, if you, you want me to, to play and use my sexuality, pay offer me a lot more money and I'll decide whether I want to do that or not. But in the meantime, if I'm slinging hash for two thirteen an hour or for seven twenty five an hour or for sixty thousand dollars a year, whatever, if I'm whatever my salary is, it doesn't come with you getting to make fun of me because I'm a Jew or because you think um, or I'm black or because whatever it is that it happens to be protected. They can make fun of you if you happen to be a bad dresser and they want to make fun of your you know, clashing shirt and, you know, and suspenders and, and, and belt, but they can't make fun of all of these things that probably matter to you in terms of your identity, these things you can't change about yourself. And when you complain, you're protected. And if in, the result is, as many people naturally say to us on the phone or when I'm consulting with them, but if I complain, they're going to torture me. I know this guy. He's going to fire me. He's going to fire me. They're going to yell at me. They're going to scream. They're going to fire me. Well, if he does that, number one, that's illegal. And if you have a record now of complaining, you've got what's known as a retaliation complaint. And that's not that we want you to have a lawsuit, but you're going to have some juice. You're going to have some you're leverage. You're in an unsustainable situation. So you're either going to leave there on your terms or theirs. Right. And that's the exactly. decision that's that a, that's one right. has to make. That's right. How, I'd say that again. Why is that? What is that? You're in Explain an unsustainable you mean, situation. If it is unsustainable, because you say, right. I can't come to work every day and get... Because he's, you're being harassed, you're being discriminated against. And it doesn't get against. better by it's never going to get better. So, but your fear of being fired, you, that's why you don't complain. Right. So, right. You, but you get to the point right. where 
It's unsustainable. You cannot right. come to work anymore and bear this. So the decision that one makes is you're going to leave on your terms or their terms. Right. And by complaining, you good. are speaking truth to power and standing up for your rights. Very good. Um, that is actually brilliant, Deborah, because um, the Thank unsustainability you. part is that it's like when you're bullied. If you're bullied and you kind of don't just say, I don't want to like make waves, it doesn't get better by itself, bullies. It's just, it's like, it's, well, what is that yet, called? It's no, chum in the water for yeah, bullies, Yeah, and right? there's no bully, anti-bullying laws. But anyway. We have to go. Uh, we hope that you learned something from this. You could visit us at www.womensrightsny.com, and you could visit, uh, again, rocunited.org to get lots of information. This is the Restaurant Opportunity Centers or the dol.gov or www.womensrightsny.com. You could shoot us a quick email or give us a call. All the consultations are free. Any questions you have, we hope this has been somewhat enlivening, if not empowering. And we will see you here next week at PRN.FM, the Women's Rights in the Workplace show with Jack Tuckner and Deborah O'Rell. Have a strong and powerful week. And remember, whatever's going on at work, do not quit. <laughs>